Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. Some good stuff. Anybody enjoyed that this morning? Man, it's good. And you know, there's nothing better than just, I mean, thank God for the music. That's all wonderful, but I'm just thankful for His presence. That, you know what, it's out of anywhere that God could live and inhabit, He dwells in the praises of His people. Amen. That's, just think about it. That's powerful. He lives right in there. And so if this is your first time here, we want to welcome you. You do belong here. There's a place for you to grow. This is a safe place for you to, you know, connect yourself, you know, make some new friendships. These are, we got good people here, don't we? Yeah. And the rest of you that didn't answer, I don't know what's up, but I'm, I'm sure you, you would agree. But we, we want to just share our biggest welcome and our warmest welcome to you. We're so glad that you came to, to worship with us this morning. And uh, this year, we're just talking about taking this month just to talk about a new, well, I guess you could call it, people say theme, series, but just something that the Lord's been speaking to us as a church family. And He gave us two words, dig deep. And everybody just say that with me, dig deep. Now, not dig shallow, not no, just stay shallow, we're going deep. And uh, the reason I just think it's wonderful is when God speaks something to us, I mean, when He gives us a word that we focus in on, it's vital that we take, we take it because there's a grace for us to operate in it. So last year, He gave us these words to move forward. Those are just, you know, big words that he gave us. And, you know, there's lots that happen in personal lives that I know of, even for my own self, lots of things took place. Uh, but also just even from a church family perspective, we had the opportunity to purchase two new lots just right behind us. And I mean, it's all what God's wanting to do so that we we're able to impact generations for Jesus. And that's what was the whole point is moving forward. There was a grace to do it. So we said, yes, Lord, we're doing it. So the same words that told us move forward are now also these words dig deep that he's speaking to you and I as well. And before we jump into this, I want to just lay a quick foundation again, take about five minutes, just to reiterate and share a few things, just so that we have a, we're all operating from the same place. But uh, these words dig deep. When you hear that, and uh, if you got your Bibles, go to John 15, 2 for a moment. I won't have that on the screen, guys, so I do apologize for that. But John 15, 2, I want to read you this verse. But this is our season as a church family. We are going deep. What does that mean? We're going on beyond the surface of just Christian activity going further to see more fruit and uh, maybe you've experienced anybody seen or experienced some fruit in their lives you can really see hey man this is out of my christian life with the holy spirit living in me i'm producing fruit All right maybe you're a little bit more patient this year than you were last year so you didn't say no yes to that so well, that's a good one to grow in. maybe i'm growing in love maybe i'm just seeing all of a sudden things that used to freak me out i'm not freaked out by anymore that's all great growth and now the purpose and what god wants to do now is dig deep for the purpose of more fruit and in John 15, 2, I want to just read this verse to you. This is what Jesus is talking and sharing to us. Verse 1, he says, I'm the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Then he says in verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, what does he do? If you got it in your Bibles, everybody got their Bible with him? He prunes. Everybody say prune. He prunes. So if you've already come to a certain level, let's say that you've, you, you know, you got to a five or a six, that's a, that's a great place. How do I get to a seven or an eight? It doesn't come by praying. Oh God, just, I want to see more fruit in my life. It comes by pruning. Everybody needs a good prune. So you can look at your neighbor and say, you need a prune. It's time to prune. This is the only way that we can see more fruit and increase in our life. 
But you know what's sad is because a lot of times I've met with people, you know, talking with a lot of good Christian people, but they run around the same circle looking, getting the exact same results over and over, and that's great, but if you want to see more in your life, what is required? A pruning. Everybody say pruning. I know that's not something that you're confessing this morning. Oh, Lord, I'm in for a good prune today. But let me encourage you, pruning is healthy. Pruning is good. And, uh, you know, this, this past year, um, Gord, he's somewhere around here. Uh, he's the big tough guy that walks around. Uh, he gave us a book that just, it was a phenomenal book, and it was by a gentleman named Henry Cloud. And uh, this, this whole book, just the whole emphasis on it was talking about pruning as this gentleman, Henry Cloud, who went to, uh, to Italy to go to some of the wineries there to see how they actually do the pruning. And so these are pro pruners. I didn't know that was an actual title, but they're pro pruners. So you got average pruners and then you got the pros. And uh, I, I don't know. Anyways, these, anyway, these guys, they, would, they were telling him and showing him. And so he relays this in this book a little bit. Just talking about the deeper the cut, the better the fruit. So the more that you can get in there and actually cut it, when it looks like, well, why would you be cutting that piece off? The reason is, is so that more fruit can abound and healthier and stronger than just doing a shallow cut. So digging deep is really an exciting time because when I hear dig deep, I don't go, oh God, here we go. I hear he wants more fruit out of me. There's plenty more where that came from. So let me encourage you, it's time to get pruned. And how does he prune if you continue on? Well, let's just read verse two again. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts away. I don't want to be that guy. Anybody want to be cut off? No, thank you. Then he says, in every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it may bear more fruit. So what's God's will for your life? More fruit. He's interested in more fruit. But a lot of people, they get hung up and, okay, how do I see more in my life? How do I go to the next level? A pruning makes to take place. That's the only answer. And then verse 3, let's just make sure we put that in there. You are clean and cleansed because of the word which I've spoken to you. A lot of people kind of go, I don't want to get pruned because I don't know what God's going to send my way. God doesn't send anything ill will. God doesn't send anything disastrous to you in order to prune you. There is no such thing. God would, he's a good God. He doesn't do that. So how does he prune us? He prunes us by his word. His word. Everybody say his word. word. Now just to prove that, go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Everybody doing this good this morning? We're a happy bunch, aren't we? 2 Timothy chapter 3. And look at verse 16 and 17. I'm just laying a quick foundation for what we're getting into. But verse 16. The Apostle Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is saying these words. He says, all Scripture. Everybody say, all Scripture. Every part of it, all of it, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for righteousness and instruction. Why? So that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Has anybody got the new living on him? I, I forgot my li- new living. You got it? Oh, sweet. Just tracees for a moment. Thank you, Eric. Uh, again, verse 16. I want to read this to you. 2 Timothy three sixteen. Oh, it's highlighted, Eric. Oh, good job. All right. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. So this is what the word's for. To teach us what is true. To make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Well, everything's right in my life. Well, not according to the word. Huh? It corrects us when we are wrong. And it teaches us to do what is right. This is what the word is for. And then verse 17. God uses his word to prepare and equip his people for every good work. So how is God going to equip you? Thank you, Eric. How is God going to equip you? 
and perfect you? Through his word. So this book that you have in your hand is vital and precious to your life for equipping and perfection. So God is not going to send bad things over to you in order to teach you something, in order to correct you. No, He's going to use His Word. Can everybody see that? This is what God does. God doesn't use cancer to teach you a lesson. There's no scripture in that that you ever find. God needing to use the devil in order to teach you something. That's impossible. Our God is good, so He uses His Word the same way. I don't want to hurt my kids. Anybody, any good parent here want to hurt their kid? No. What do we want to do? We want to coach them. We want to teach them how. We want to use our words to train them up in the way they should go. The same way with our Father. So this whole digging deep that we're going into, notice it's going to be digging deep, getting deeper into the Word. Okay. Yep. So again, the focus, and this is something that we just said last week, the focus should not be about being better. I need to be a better boss. I need to be a better employee. I need to be a better Christian. I need to be a better leader. The focus needs to be, am I available for the prune? Am I available to him? That's the focus. And why are we talking about this focus? Because Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 through 21 in the Message Bible, it says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but there are waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers... Uh, used to serve, serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Then he says, become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every gift to his guests for their blessing. So what's the focus here? Become the kind of container that God can use. Anybody want to become that container that God can use? And he says, for any and every kind of gift for people's blessings. So the, my life is not about me, it's about you. Your life is not about you, it's about others right? But I want to become that kind of container. Do I got anybody else that wanted to be that container? Man, I want to be that container that God can use and do with any kind of gift. I'm talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the, you know, the gifts that you see in Ephesians chapter 3. There's lots of gifts that God has supplied to the body. I want to be able to tap in and use these gifts for the betterment of other people. I want them. Anybody else want them? You know, Paul told us you got to desire the spiritual gifts. You got to crave to be used by him. I want to be used by him. So he says, become the kind of container. How do I become that kind of container? I make myself available. Are you available? Because the first thing that we talked last week real briefly about is how or what God does with my availability. When I make myself available, two things that he's going to do. Number one, he's going to pull you out of shallow living. Why? Because shallowness is not working. You're wanting to perform and do these great gifts. It's not working. And number two, once he's pulled you out of shallow living, he's going to lead you into the deep. That's where the fulfillment is. That's where the catch is, is out in the deep. And like we saw in Psalm 107, that's where God's wonders are on display is in the deep. So we talked real briefly last week about lifting that anchor. You've got to get rid of that anchor. And again, we're not going to go into it for time's sake, but please, if you haven't heard it, Go and get our podcast from last week. We talked about numerous ways that the, what our anchors could be from fear, from, you know, familiarity, from, oh, I don't know, I want to be used by God in this way. What is your anchor? We got to lift it. We got to move forward. Amen? Okay. So now, you, this morning, you may be saying, I'm willing to lift my anchor and I make myself available to God. Now what? Okay, I'm available. I'm ready to lift that anchor. I'm, I'm Lord, I'm, I'm ready to be uncomfortable. What do you want me to do? Now, I'm going to just show you this. The Bible is simple. Everybody say simple. simple. I remember hearing this a lot as a kid, that the Bible is so simple that we needed professional help to help us misunderstand it. 
People have overcomplicated God. They've overcomplicated Jesus and His work and what He's done. So this morning, all I'm going to do is just keep it simple, Saint. Kiss. <laughs> keep it simple, stupid, but I, for, for the church reasons, Saint. Right. So if you're in your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 6. <clears throat> and we're going to talk about this. What does being available for God look like? Where does it start? Because again, it's great to have these great visions of what you see yourself doing. It's great to have these great dreams and they're God-given dreams. That's wonderful. It's great. But you've got to start somewhere. Nobody just wakes up one day and parts the Red Sea like Moses. Moses didn't even do that. He was in the desert for 40 years and God had to finally get his attention. It, it, it's a process. So again, you may have these great dreams and that's wonderful, but you've got to start small. Dream big, start small. Can we just say that together? Dream big, start small. It all begins in the small beginning, so don't despise them. So in Luke chapter 6, 46 in the New Living Bible, now these words, this is Jesus speaking. He says, why do you keep calling me Lord? Now when you see it twice in there, in the actual Greek, there's like, there's a bunch of exclamation points after it. Lord, why do you keep calling me Lord, but you don't do what I say? This is his focus. Why do you do that? 47. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching. All right, let's just, I'm going to break this down real simple. Here's the whole answer right here, and we'll break it down. I'll show you what it's like when someone, number one, comes to me. Number two, listens. Number three, follows it. That's Christianity right there. Come, listen, follow. What do we do? We come. We listen, we follow. What do we do, church? Now, we don't listen and follow. You have to first go. You've got to come to Him. That's the first thing. So don't miss any of these steps. It's one, two, three. Come, listen, follow. It's not follow and then listen. Anybody ever try that before? Following something, oh, I should have paid attention to what He said before. No, we've got to do this right. I'm going to come, I'm going to listen, and then I'm going to follow. That's 40, 48. So Jesus is explaining it's like this person. So when you come, listen, follow, look at your life. He gives a description of what your life looks like. It is like a person building a house who digs... What? He digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is built well. So when I see this, if a life is not, you know firmly established, not planted solidly, it's because you haven't come, you haven't listened, and you haven't done. That's it. Oh, my life is in shambles. Well, you haven't gone to Jesus, you haven't heard what he told you, and you aren't doing what he said. Okay? Because you see here, um, but anyone, can you guys go back one verse, go to 48 again? Because notice when the word when, when the floodwaters rise, it doesn't say if, everybody has a when. In their life, at some point, something's going to hit the fan. When that happens, and it breaks against that house, it's trying to crumble the house, and talking about you and I as an individual, when it's trying to take us out, notice what happens to you. You stand firm. Why? Because it's well built. So how do I get well built? Come, listen, follow. It's that easy. But it requires effort. Then let's go to the next verse, verse 49. He says, but anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. 
when the flood sweeps down against that house, notice what it will do. It will collapse in a heap of ruins. Jesus' will for your life is not that you collapse and crumble when troubles come. First of all, we can see that in the Garden of Eden. God never designed Adam and Eve to crumble. That was never in the plan. Sin entered the world, and now we have all this disastrous stuff around us. Right? You can see all it. It's just, it's horrible. The devil's after to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's what he's trying to do. But what we see right here is that his will is that you and I stand firm, even though all the torrents rise against us. How do we do that? Come, listen, do. But if you just come and don't do, what happens we see here? When the floodwaters rise, they uh, sweep down against that house, it will collapse in a heap of ruins. So this is the answer, maybe for some of y'all, is just, I need to come, I need to listen, I need to do. That's it. It's, it's that simple. And if there's anything that you haven't been doing, hey, just back up and let's just start over again. Just make it work, right? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this this morning. Just this word, come. Now really, I want to just make this, this statement. The beginning of an unshakable life, a standing firm life, really is just you showing up. <laughs> You're here this morning. I commend you on that. You're here when you could have been, you know, eating bacon in bed or something. The temptation's there. It's a nice fall day. Snow is coming soon. I should just be hanging out. Let me encourage you. Rock on. You got here. And especially those with kids. You made it. (laughs) Maybe out of breath, but you did it. Well done. Maybe you're sitting in the back nursing your baby. You're here. Well done. Part of really just having the unshakable life is you just showing up. It's a big part. And those of you, and this is, again, I mentioned this last night, but we had our, um, we're launching this year Freedom Session. And uh, it's, it's, you know, healing through discipleship. It's powerful. It's awesome. And you know, 46 people registered for that. And I want to just commend all of those that, did, that signed up. And those that say, I couldn't do it this year. Hey, next year's coming. Don't, don't worry about that. But those that did sign up and say, I'm, I'm able to do it this year, man, rock on. You did it. Part of it is just saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll show up. That's huge. Don't take that lightly. By just being there, it, it, it's a lot. I remember when, my, when I got my life back on track, when I finally got myself back in order, it's because, well, I had to come to a meeting. But Because <laughs> you live in my house, boy, you're going to go to church. So that's what I did. So I showed up to church, but I showed up, not even expecting it. God spoke to me. Right? It's just showing up. That's a huge deal. You have no idea by you even bringing your kids by showing up what it speaks to them. It's a big deal. So well done for showing up. It's a huge part of it. But it ain't all of it. <laughs> now, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. I'm going to just read this to you from the Ben Campbell Johnson. It's a paraphrase. The first word's in this, but we know these verses in Matthew 11. Jesus says this word. What is it? Come into fellowship with me. Come. So it's an invitation that's being thrown out to you. Come. Come on over. Come hang out with me. You have to respond to the invitation. Come into fellowship with me if you are tired and burdened, and I will refresh and release you. Take the burden of responsibility that I give you, and thereby discover your life and your destiny. Now notice all of this is in connection to you coming into relationship with him. Go uh, next part there, guys. I am gentle and humble. I am willing to relate to you and to permit you to learn at your own rate. Isn't that good news? Doesn't matter how slow you are. Doesn't matter how fast you are. He is willing to relate to you at your own rate. 
That's a good God. Isn't that a good God that we have? So he's not going to force anything on you. He's not going to say, come on, come on, you've got to get going, you've got to get going. Although, when you feel stretched, that is the Holy Spirit. Now there's two sides. You've got to make, make sure, because when you're feeling forced and pressure, like, oh God, I can't do this, but you feel the pressure, and you better do this or else, that's a religious spirit, or it just simply is the devil himself. God doesn't force, but he does prod in the sense of get going. You've you got to move forward. You've got to press on. You've got to press in. Right? Anybody ever felt that before where you have this urgency on the inside? I need to push this. Right? That's, that's the Lord. He does do that. It's called stretching and it's very good. Right? So if you ever felt uncomfortable before, that's good. God didn't call you to comfort, comfortable. We talked about that last week. But he said, I will permit you to learn at your own rate. Then in fellowship with me, you will discover the meaning of your life. My fellowship will release you and my companionship will direct you on your journey. So this whole life... And digging deep, don't leave Jesus out of it. He's in your boat. He lives on the inside of you through His Spirit. He's with you. Now work with Him in this digging deep. Right? Okay. So, I'm going to just give some practical tips for this, the art of coming. You know, number one, practical tips for showing up. As we see it from what Jesus always did, but find a secret place. Where is your secret place? Does everybody have a secret place? All right, four people do. The rest of you need a secret place. You need a spot where it can just be you and God, nobody else. All right, for me, as I mentioned before, I have a white chair. My white chair is me and God and nobody else. It's just me and Him. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, we see this. Jesus said these words. When you pray, now you know these verses. When you pray, what do you do? Go away with a bunch of people. Oh, there's time for that. Absolutely. But he said, go away and by yourself. This is where people go, er, that's a bit awkward. I don't, I don't want to be by myself. Well, first of all, you're going to be with him. <laughs> You've got to be by yourself. For those of you that, I need people everywhere I go. Chill. You need to be by yourself at some point. Take the time. You have to put this in your calendar. And then he says, shut the door behind you. And pray to your Father in private, and the Father who sees everything, He'll reward you. What does He want? God wants intimacy with you. And He doesn't want to do it in public. Right? The same way, husband and wife, you're not going to go have intimacy in public. Thank God. I hear somebody say, right on. Yeah, that's right on. What do you do that? You do that in the privacy of a closed door. Some of you are all awkward and stuff now. Like, oh. We shouldn't talk about a church. God invented sex. It's wonderful. It's amazing. If you aren't doing it in the comfort of your marriage, you got problems. <laughs> All right. Enough of that, hey? Did you want to add intent on that, sweetie? <laughs> but it's the same way with our Heavenly Father. He wants to be close. And now listen, it's great to have group dating and you know, to you know, take, take your wife out and have fun with all your buddies, but then there's time for this intimacy. It's great to come together as a church family and worship and celebrate, but then there's times he wants to be alone with you. Because in the secret times is when he starts revealing himself in ways that you've never seen before. It only, you can only get this alone. 
You don't get, I mean, when we see, when we come here as a, as a group and as a church family to worship, man, we can experience God in a wonderful way collectively as a church family because he's a dad to his kids. It's wonderful. But he wants to talk to you as a son or daughter of his and he wants to be close with you. That you get to know him for yourself. And you can see that in Hebrews chapter 8, uh, at the very end of the verse, especially in the Message Bible, he said the whole purpose of what this, this life is is that he wants to be close. Close. Everybody say close. Not far, not distant, close. When I'm on my white chair, you don't always hear me, Woo, this is amazing! God, I love you! And God, I just start praying so loud. Because he's close. He's right here. He's intimate with me. Okay. Number one, so practical tips for coming. You need to have a secret place. Number two, then, is you have to eliminate distractions. What I do is I leave my phone... Leave my iPad, leave my laptop, all downstairs. Everybody say, downstairs. Leave it away from you. Got to eliminate the distractions. Why? Because when I'm going to spend time with him, there is nothing worse than going on you know, a date or maybe with some friends that invited you out to hang out for a little bit. And meanwhile, they invited you out and they're on their phone the entire day. Checking out the latest thing on Amazon. Got to check out, oh, got to see how many likes I'm getting on Instagram. When you're sitting there when I... You invited me for coffee, and here I am looking at you, looking at your phone. You bye-bye. Don't got time for any of that. Anybody ever been treated like that before? Probably from nobody in this church, because we don't do that. But there's been times all of a sudden, that, that's happened to me. I go like, am I that boring that you can't just engage with me for a few minutes? Maybe I am, and that I, could, I can change if I want to. <laughs> God will help me. <laughs> but First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30, this is what God says. The very latter part of it, when you see the word but right there, he says, this is God talking. He said, I will honor those who honor me. And then he says, I will despise those who think lightly of me. When I'm going to go spending time with my father, I'm going to honor this time with him. I have a holy guest living on the inside of me, and I'm going to now show him the proper respect. Can we all agree to that? Listen, in the culture that we live in, we've invented a thousand and one plus ways to be distracted. And thank God for all the technology. There's nothing wrong with all of it. It's great. But if we don't use it in its proper context, and we are alone with God with all of our devices, it's basically like taking God and all of your contacts in the room with Him and say, okay, God, let's be intimate. And all of a sudden, now it doesn't matter where you are, or who you are, how old you are, when you feel the ding on your phone, I got to look at it. I got to see what it is. Right? We're, we've trained ourselves. Ding! Oh, yeah, another like. Ding! Yeah, another like. Ding! Oh, so-and-so text me. We get so caught up in it that we're forgetting the art of being alone. We have to be alone. And when we're alone, we're not still anymore because we've got to think, I've got to do something. You've got to learn to shut it down. You've got to learn to stop. And this is, again, talking about all digging deep. How do I do this part? How do I... Again, made myself available. How do I do it? Get alone with Him put away the distractions, and just be with Him. And then lastly, these are, just, these are the only things that I bring with me. I bring my Bible, I bring my journal, and I bring a pen. That's it. Nothing else. Why? Because I'm here to listen. And Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 2, this is why I have a journal. <clears throat> um, is that it? No, that's 3, verse 2. That's not... Uh, that won't help us for what we're talking about. So I'll read it to you real quick. Jeremiah 30, verse 2, it says, Thus speaks the Lord God of Israel, saying, 
write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken to you. It's vital to have a, a journal with you so that you can get direction or a vision. You know, a lot of the vision that I have from God isn't just all of a sudden just coming one big bang. It's progressive. He's been talking with me. He's been showing me things, but it's all progressive. It started in January and it's working its way up. And now here we are. And I, as I spend time reading over my notes again and finding out what God has been speaking to me over the year, I'm getting direction. I'm seeing some clarity on what I need to focus on. Like I told you this a little while ago. I mean, if you look through my journal and you'll see, I mean, at one point I'm like, hey, God, what, what do you got for this church family? What do you want for this city? What do you want for this region? I'm praying about it, thinking about it, and expecting a Moses revelation. Let my people go. That's what I'm expecting, right? And every, all the church people applaud that and go, yeah, let them go. And we don't know what we're cheering about. We're just excited because it sounds good. And then all of a sudden, instead of hearing, let my people go, I hear pride and humility. Really? Can I just hear like, it's time for the church in, you know, 2020. This is what I'm excited for for 2020. All the prophetic words are going to talk about 2020 vision. Everybody's going to be saying it. Can I just get something like that? God, can't you give me something like that? But surely here I am talking about pride and humility where the Lord's dealing with me about it. So there's that. So now looking again at Luke chapter 6 verse 47. So that's the first part is showing up. I encourage you every single day, just spend some quality time with him. doesn't have to be hours. Somebody asked me last night, how long do, are you in your white chair for? As long as it is. Sometimes it's 15 minutes. Like, listen, the Lord knows your day. He knows you got schedules. He knows you got appointment. He knows you got kids. Don't get so bogged down and make a religious thing. Okay, I got, you know, from six to seven. And if I don't have six to seven, then all, you know, that's, that's bad. I'm not doing it right. He knows your schedule. So for me, my days always look different. Sometimes it's in the evening. Sometimes it's in the morning. Sometimes it's at my lunch hour. Whatever I can do, I always make sure I just put something in there where it's just me and him talking. That's all we need. And this is the beginning part that we see in an unshakable life, about digging deep. What do I got to do? I have to first come. I first got to show up because a lot of times we're looking for words on the go. Okay, that's why we sign up for all those emails. Okay, so I want to subscribe to this. Why? So I can get my little tidbit for the day. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. That's wonderful. But you got to hear them for yourself. Even if you're just hearing it from me throughout the week, that, that's great. But you got to hear God for yourself because that's what He wants. God doesn't have anybody between Him and you. There's no man that stands in between you and God except for the man Jesus Christ. There's nobody else. So you got to get to Him for yourself because I'll tell you this, there is nothing than hearing the Spirit of God speak to you. Nothing better changes you it gets you excited gets you pumped gets you to go through the next season with grace and joy right it comes from his words so it's great all the podcasts that we have available and don't stop any of that that's wonderful but just spend time with him come to him come to him he wants it okay so that's the first part then again looking at luke 6 47 jesus said i will show you what this is like when someone comes to me and listens. So now that I've shown up, the emphasis is not on me talking. The emphasis now is on me listening. Everybody say listening. <laughs> this is what I'm doing when we get into that time with the Lord. What are we doing? I mean, of course, there'll be different times you've got to be led, but for the most part, it's listening. Listen. James 1.19 in the Passion Bible, it says this, my dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to what? 
quick to listen and slow to speak. And then what else? And slow to become angry. What is this culture so good at now? We are so quick to speak and so stinking slow to listen. That's why you see the world kerfuffle that they're in. Listen, there's a lot of angry people out there. There's a ton of them. And you know what the problem is? They're all speaking and nobody's listening. You look at all, like, there's such, so much hatred. Republicans, Democrats. Conservatives, liberals. NDPs. And just... <laughs> why is there so much anger? Nobody's listening. Nobody is listening to understand at all. There's none of that. They can say, oh no, we get your point. No, you don't. You have no idea what we're talking about. And in the Christian world, how much hatred is talked on Facebook? You know what the problem is? They're not listening. They just got there. This is my mindset. This is what I grew up with. This is how I think. So blah. And they shoot it out there thinking that they're doing God you know, a favor. When in fact, God's like, hey, shut up. Listen. And what? Be slow to speak and quick to listen. God gets happy about that. And notice this, God, and I just think of this as kind of cool, but God would never tell us this if he himself doesn't do it. So there's been times in my time when I'm just in with the Lord. There's a couple of mornings, just I, I, I'd be up with him in the morning, and I actually said, okay, I'm not going to say anything. You're going to speak first. Because you know about this, maybe you haven't realized this or not, but God is slow to speak. <laughs> How come I'm not hearing God? Because he's slow to speak. Like you got a whole Bible full of what he has already spoken and it's absolute truth. Well, I need something God is speaking to me today. He is slow to speak. Why? Because he's looking for somebody who's listening. What is, what is Samuel doing? First Samuel, remember the, you know, the child Samuel? And God is calling him. He picks Samuel because Samuel would listen. And I don't know about you, but this is something that I've kind of overlooked my entire life, is just realizing that, okay, I've got to pray hard, I've got to read, and I've got to study, and I've got to know, and I've got to get wisdom, I've got to understand. That's all good, but He is wisdom. Spend time listening him, to Him, from Him, in order to say something. This is how Jesus lived His life. Jesus didn't just rant off, give all these explanations about everything. He was slow to speak, and He was quick to hear. That's how He lived His life. So if you're not hearing God, like, okay, what's God saying to me right, right at this exact moment? Just, you be quick to listen in this. Let Him speak. So there have been times that I'm sitting in my, in my chair, and it would be, you know, 20, 25 minutes, and not a single word comes. Do I get disappointed? No. You just sit and you're quiet. Lord, I was with you. Just being with Him. <laughs> this is where the awkwardness comes in. This is cool. But learn just to control your thoughts. And last week I kind of shared, this is something that I've been doing. I was just thinking about how awesome he is. That he can put the entire universe between his thumb and his pinky. I was thinking about how he has all the oceans in his hands. Here's the Atlantic. Boop. I was just thinking about that a little bit. You know what comes when you start thinking on these things? There's a reverence that starts to develop inside of you. <sighs> but I've made my mind, I'm going to be quick to listen and slow to speak in my prayer time. Because right away when things go wrong, what do we tend to do? Freak out tongues. And we start going in all these things. And meanwhile, we see in Mark chapter, and I remember that boy, that iptilicted boy, who was sick, right? And the, there's demons in him that was casting him, trying to kill him and throw him in fire and all this stuff. When the demon, you know, sh you know revealed himself in that boy and started foaming at the mouth, Jesus went and turned to the father and went, how long has he had this? 
not, oh my goodness, he didn't freak out. And the moment that disaster hits your home, what's the first thing that we go to? We quick to speak. Oh, I come against this in the name of, and we start getting all Pentecostal and stuff. And meanwhile, God is saying, listen, listen, right? It's not your words that change anything. It's his word spoken through you. What's he telling you? Because right away, we just, you know, automatically judge a situation and say, and you start speaking at that from what you know in the word, but have you heard what he said about it? You need to get his thoughts on it. Okay. PTL, that's praise the Lord for Facebookers out there. <laughs> so what I want to just show you, I have, a, I have a minute video. Can I show it to you real quick? This is um, about, a year, about a year and a half, is that a year and a half ago? Two years ago? Longer? Something like that. But you know, we, one thing Jamie and I have really started with, with our boys is wanting them to hear the voice of God. And we got them a journal, they have their own journal, and uh, they spend time just, you know, on a regular basis, we sit down, okay guys, let's, let's sit, maybe we've read a Bible story, we've read a few things, now let's just sit down for a sec and we're going to learn to be quiet. That's hard to do when you're four and two. That's very, but I want to just show you this, this little video. Is that okay if I show it to you? You want to see it? It's about a minute long, so you guys can go ahead and roll that clip real quick. After me, dear God, I love you. Thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for living in me. And thank you for speaking to me. Amen. Okay, now guys, what we're going to do is now we're also going to listen to God. So let's all be quiet for a second. Close your eyes and listen. Remember, where does God speak to us? Does he use the ears on our head? No! no where, does God, where does God speak to us? In our hearts. In our hearts, right. Okay, so let's close our eyes and let's listen to what God says. Yeah, real quiet, real quiet. What is he, gonna, what is he saying to you? God is saying to me, I can, I can have football guys. That's what God's saying to you? Yeah. Mm. Max, what is God saying to you? <laughs> He's saying puppy? Yeah. <laughs> no, we have a puppy. <laughs> I see a puppy. Well, hey, guys, so, okay, what is God saying to you right now? What's he saying? He said I can have football, guys. Because I like football. And that's what... Max, what, what is, what is Max, God saying to you? So, for those that didn't hear that last part, this is, what has God been speaking to you? And uh, Jace actually at that point was believing God for these little football guys. And they're, you know, these little action figures. And uh, so this was a lot, but somebody got on football guys. It was, it was amazing. So God speaks that way. Like we've overcomplicated it so much that, okay, God, I need to hear this profound word. It may be so subtle and so simple as puppy. <laughs> He's prophesying. I'm like, Lord, I, I put those words to the ground now. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I, I just, I love the simplicity of children just to see them. And there's been times, you know, if, uh, if I, I show you Jace's journal, there are some profound statements in there that will actually just rock your world, just understanding the father's love towards a child. It, he said some things, and of course, because he tells me, because I got to spell it for him, so he writes it down. But there's been one of the things that was kind of funny. He just said, I'm like, bud, what's, what's God been talking to you about lately? So he pulled out his journal, and he, he kind of, he read it line for line. He said, he said that I was the best son he ever had. Like, 
Well, that's what he told me. I don't know how. <laughs> but just different things on forgiveness. Like, I need to, I need to forgive. Like, he'll write it in there. Jace, I've forgiven you, so you forgive. Like, that's all in this little kid's journal. He's four at this point. So how much more would God, like, he speak to anybody? That's his heart. That's his desire. And we are designed to hear. You're created to hear. It's very simple. So now let me just go back to this for a sec. 1 Corinthians 14.10 in the King James Version, it says, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them are without significance. Everybody, everything, every political party, every job, every, you know, anything, has a voice, and what Paul said, that none of them are without significance. There is so much going on in the world out there that everybody is speaking its own truth. Now you and I, we have got to pay attention. Now I want to show you a couple of verses here real quick. Look at, um, actually let's go here, Mark chapter 4, verse 21 through 25 in the Amplified Bible. But this has been, if you look at the Old Testament over and over and over again, you know, coming into the new, but you see, if you would hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, if you would hear, if you would incline your ear, if you would stay steadfast and listen to the words of my mouth, then you will have the blessings of God. So we've got, we've put such a damper on spending time to actually listen because we live in such a fast-paced culture. Everything's go, 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 go. That's not okay. We've got to slow this puppy down. Now, Mark chapter 4, I want to just show you this. Uh, verse 21 through 25. I think you guys have that on there. <clears throat> That'd be great if you did because I don't have it memorized. Okay, do you have an Amplified Bible? Oh, there it is. Thank you, guys. So now Jesus is talking, and this is right after he's talking about the parable of the seed and the sower, or the sower sows the word, sorry. And in verse 21, he says, A lamp is not brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, is it? The answer would be no. And Jesus using the word lamp, he's not just talking about an actual lamp, he's talking about the word. The word, remember the psalmist said, The word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a guide to my path. The word is not brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, is it? No. It is not brought in to be put on, it is brought in, sorry, it is not brought in to be put on the lampstand. Verse 22. For nothing is hidden. Now notice this. These are such powerful words. These are Jesus' words. He said, nothing is hidden except for what? That it be revealed. Now notice you don't come across this information, it's revealed to you. Can you see that? A lot of times people are trying to search up and dig up truth. Yeah, you can search and dig up something, but God reveals things to you. There's a total difference. Then he says, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it would come to light, that is, things are hidden only temporary, until the appropriate time comes for them to be known. So for you and I, everything you see in the Word, to some degree, it's hidden from you. Not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. It's available to you, but God doesn't just give His Word out to whosoever. You have to, you have to want it. Everybody say, want it. You're going to have, you want to know this knowledge. You want to know what He thinks. He's, he's, you have to pull it out of Him, not for the sake of because He's not interested in showing you, but He doesn't throw precious pearls before swine. He doesn't do that. So he says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Then these are powerful verses. Then he said, pay what? 
Pay attention. Say, pay attention. What do you tell your kids when they're all over the map? Pay attention. I need you here. Eyes on me. Here. Fixed on here. This is what Jesus is doing. Pay attention to what you hear. By your own standard of measurement, that is, to the extent that you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, notice what happened. It will be measured to you, and you will be given even greater ability to respond. So to the degree that you're listening is the degree that the knowledge is going to come back to you. So how are you hearing? Are you hearing, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Oh, I've heard that before. Then guess what? The measure that you've just heard is coming right back to you, and it means nothing. <laughs> did, you, did you see that? Did you catch that? How you hear determines what's coming back to you. If you're ready to go, like just saying your time with the Lord. Okay, Lord, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to hear. You come with this expectation. You come with this, God, I'm, I'm going to get this. It's going to come back to you in the same measure that you show excitement for the word. Maybe you're just nonchalant. Oh, yeah, you know, here's the, here's the word again. Let's talk about faith. Let's talk about healing. I've heard all. It comes back to you in such a low measure that it actually means nothing to you. <laughs> Did you know that? Did y'all get that? This is it right here, because if you're like, oh, this is boring, well, guess what? Of course it's going to be boring, because it's the measure that you hear. It's not the Holy Spirit's job to get you excited and pumped up about it. It's your job. Okay. Uh, can you guys go back just for one second? I think I missed the last part. But notice this. How you hear, it will be measured to you, and more will be given to you. <laughs> this is it. Then he goes on, verse 25. This is the reality. For whoever has a teachable heart, to him more, more, more understanding will be given. More. How do you want more understanding? Well, how do I do it? It's how I'm hearing. What's my heart attitude like when the Word is being taught? When I'm sitting in my chair listening to God speak? What is the intention of my heart? Am I excited about it or is it kind of go, well, I guess i got to do it. It's my Christian duty. Because however you're sitting in it, it's how it's going to come back to you. Because how is it? We're hearing all the exact same word, but three people can get jacked and go, this is my answer. And other people go, that was the most boring thing I've ever heard. What's the difference? Is the heart attitude. This is how I'm hearing it. Because then he says, more understanding will be given, and whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. <laughs> now these are what we call the people that think they know something, but they really don't. And that's a tough place to be because now they're deceived. Giddy up. Right? Okay. Now let me just show you a few other verses here. Go to Proverbs chapter 2 and Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going to close with this. <clears throat> let me do go to Proverbs chapter 2 first and verse 1. All right, he says this. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and you apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek for her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So what is the absolute necessity for you and I when it comes to the word? You cry out for it. You crave it. God, show me this. I need to see this in your word. Show me the truth in your word. I'm hungry for it. I'm desiring it. Because listen, God will show it to you. 
It says from his lips comes wisdom and understanding and his job. He loves to give it over to you. He loves to do it. But the, the thing is, is are we crying out for it? God, I, I need to hear. I need to hear you speak. So his words are everything. And Proverbs chapter 4, look at this final verses. Verse chapter, or chapter 4, verse 20. It says, my son, pay attention. This is what God's doing. Can you kind of see what God's trying to do here? Pay attention. Listen, please listen. Pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Then he goes on to say, let them, let these words, don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Why? Because it says, verse 22, they bring life. Life! What kind of life is this talking about? The God kind of life. Listen, a couple of weeks ago, a pastor in California committed suicide. I'm sure you all heard that. That broke my heart seeing that again. A, a, a minister can go to that length and do that. It, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's hurting. And in this time, in this season that we got going on, there is so much happening in this world. There is so much suicides, not just in the Christian world, but also in the natural. There is so much stuff going on. And God is pleading with you and I, pay attention to what I'm saying. Please listen to what I say. Because no matter what, everybody is inclining their ear to something. What has the greatest value? What has the loudest voice in your life? If it's even another person, that's, that's cool. But if it's taking a higher voice than what God's Word is speaking, that's where we got problems. God's voice has to be the loudest voice that we could ever hear. It has to be louder than what we're seeing out here. If it's not, it's because you're not coming and listening. So let me encourage you, your, your chair or whatever you have, a couch, or you got a stool, whatever it is, the floor, whatever it is, it's life or death for you. It's absolutely everything to you. Why? Because you need to be close. Why? Because, you know, what we just read in John 15, if you want to see fruit, you'll abide in me. See, a lot of times we're trying to see results in our life from not being connected to the vine. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. He, didn't he say that? Do we believe that? So what should it do? It should drive you to a seat with him. Not trying to figure out how do I get more money? How can I get a better job? All of that will come by coming up in your chair. We have inside information. God can hook you up at any moment, any time, but he needs you listening. Listen, let me ask you this. Do you think God has a thousand and one ways to get you out of debt? That was weak. Do you think that God has two ways to get you out of financial debt. Do you believe that? Why aren't we sitting with him? It's like, why aren't we doing that? Do you think God has a way to reach a family member, in, maybe in your family, that's been so lost from him? Why aren't we sitting with him? Meanwhile, we're looking for every other voice out there to give us something. Meanwhile, you got an empty chair and God's sitting there going, talk to me. Come be with me. Because a lot of times we just kind of think, or what we do is we just slap a prayer on it, hoping that something will work out. That's not what prayer is for. Prayer is for intimacy. Prayer is not for me getting stuff. Prayer is for me to commune with the Father and find out what I already have. So show up and listen. And then we'll talk about this another time. But whatever He tells you, just do it.
because he's empowered you to do it. So this is all part of the process of digging deep. How do we dig deep? How, now that I've made myself available, I have to come and I got to show up. Let me just finish this verse. They bring life to those, oh, go back, guys. They bring life to those, notice, who find them. <laughs> you got to find it first. Why, well, I read it, you know, it's in, it's in this, I can read the, it's in John 6, verse 8. That's where I found it. That, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking it being revealed to you. Because it's different when you have this kind of knowledge. We got a lot of this in the church. Oh, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know that too. And I know that. And they think they know it all. Meanwhile, their life's in shambles. Because he didn't talk about head knowledge. He's talking it coming from here, now affecting your brain. What's wrong is we got this, just doing this, and we got a lot of heady Christians. Oh, I know that to be true. Yeah, I know that. Or I've heard that so many times. Well, how come it hasn't changed your life? Because it hasn't impacted you. Amen. Go there. That was my dance for the day. You got a song. Dance. And lastly, and they'll bring healing to their whole body. Healing to their whole body. What does it? His word. His word does it. Oh, just pray for me that I could get healed. Absolutely, the Bible says we can do that, so we'll definitely do that. But let me encourage you, one of the highest ways that you get is by being with Him, and you get in contact and start to learn about who He is. Who is He? He is the healer. That's who He is. So when you spend time in your chair, and He starts revealing that He's a healer, woo! Now, no, any time that the devil trying to bring sickness to you, you know what to do with it. Why? Because I know Him. No touchy. You can't touch this body. And lastly, very last verse, Guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. So that's what he's saying, paying attention. Pay attention to me. Why? Well, I want my words in you, not anybody else's words getting in there. Get my words in you. Amen? So that's what we do. And that's one of our biggest focuses here as a church is we're here to get the Word of God into hearts. Not opinions, not our high thoughts, not our ideas to get His Word in our hearts. Amen? Can we just dedicate ourselves to the Lord this morning? You know, a lot of times when you hear, I'm going to rededicate my life, we think that somebody has been so gone from God for years and they come back to Him. That, that, that can happen. That's great. But I want to dedicate my ears to Him. Can we do that this morning? Maybe your ears have heard so many different things. Maybe you're in trouble. You're facing some big, de big decisions on the way. Let me encourage you. Let His voice lead you into where you need to go. Nobody else. Not my voice. Not some other good person, well-meaning person out there. His voice tells you where you need to go. His voice tells you what you got to say. His voice tells you where you got to plant. It's Him. So this morning, I don't know about you, but I want to just dedicate my ears to Him. That my ears, I'm not talking these. These are just you know cute little things on the side of your head. I'm talking about my heart. My ears. They're designed to hear from Him. So, Father, this morning, Lord, as a church family, we just dedicate our ears to you again. Father, like we did maybe many years ago, maybe just recently, when those have dedicated our lives to you to accept you as our Lord and Savior. Lord, that's awesome, and that's so good. But, Father, this morning, again, as a church family, as your sons and daughters, Lord, we just dedicate our ears to you again. They belong to you. Your voice matters to us. Father, we're in awe that you would speak to us. That you would come down and you would put your Holy Spirit inside of us 
And He's talking to us all throughout the day. He's leading us. He's guiding us. He's showing us things to come. And Holy Spirit, we just right now apologize to you if we've ever ignored you. If we've left and we've heard you speak, but we ignored it because it wasn't cool or it wasn't the answer that we wanted to hear. Lord, we just, we repent of that right now. and We come back to the last thing that you told us and we say, sir, we'll do it with a glad heart. Why? Because we love you and it's your desire for our lives to be fruitful, to multiply, and to bear fruit in every season that we're in. Every season. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We're so grateful that your word comes and it ministers, it stretches, and it causes us to see further than maybe we are right now. Thank you, Lord. Come on, just for a moment, I want you just to get your heart. I want just the Spirit of God is going to say some things to you right now. I believe that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I worship you. I praise you. You know, I just hear this in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I just, I hear this. Maybe if some of you have having a hard time seeing the next, the next step, or you're seeing, how do I say that, Lord? You're so caught up in dirt, you're so caught up in just stuff that it's hard to see past it. I just hear the Lord just saying this to me, and I want to say it to you. Look up from where you are. Look up. Get your eyes fixed on something higher. Go to His Word. Hear something higher. See something higher. And the only way you get that is from that chair. He wants to show you things that you've never seen before. Thank you, Lord. I see husbands coming back. I see praying wives believing and standing on the Word of God. I see husbands coming back. So don't you let up. Don't you shrink back. Don't you relax on it. Just keep that vision before you. And surely the Lord is faithful to do what He said He'd do. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Can we just lift our hands to Him just for a moment again? Father, we worship you. We magnify you. We stand in awe of you, God. Oh, Lord. Oh, our lives depend on hearing from you. Our lives depend on hearing from you. Oh, thank you, Lord. So let me encourage you. You stir up the gift of God in the inside of you. How do you do that? You start speaking to that gift. Lord, I thank you. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I thank you, Lord. You have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You start speaking the word. Oh, Father, I thank you that the greater one lives on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I will not be taken out. I will not be shrinking back. I will be pressing forward. This is a new day. This is a new day. It's a day of hearing. It's a day of listening like you've never listened before. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Ah, everybody okay? Man, so now we are we are a hearing bunch, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Pastor Sheila, I'll let you. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. 
For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.